When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3, Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Bida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Podcast, welcome on this Monday, July 17, the Sick Podcast weeknights at 10 p.m. You can watch us live on YouTube, live on Twitter, live on Facebook. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please do so. More subscribers, the happier we are. We have a good one lined up for you tonight because you know what? Uh, even though it is mid July and the Montreal Canadiens played their last regular season game. Back on the 13th of April, there are still some people who are writing about the Montreal Canadiens every single day, and I've identified some of those people, one of which is former Montreal Canadian scout and founder of Recruits and Recruits.ca, Grant McCagg, which I'll get to in just a moment. Not before I talk to you about the SICK podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte. And CIBC is one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award, recognizing innovative and world-class companies. The best managed Canadian companies designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Mike Cinquino and Sean Gerard. I love those guys. And an honorable mention to Dave Grassi as well. Also brought to you in part by Playground, your premier gaming destination, Playground's Summer Million is the must-play poker event of the season featuring 10 championship ring events, $1 million in guaranteed prize money, and a $500,000 guaranteed main event located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground, and brought to in part by La Bit at TV, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit at TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit at TV, embrace your true nature. Without further ado, let's bring him in. Grant McCag, what's going on? Hey, Tony. Uh, oh, no. just no, that's thinking about the Habs lineup. I just, you know, it never, never ends when you're a Habs junkie there. You're always thinking about them, even in July. With, so 
I, I guess you just answered that question, but would you consider yourself a Habs junkie? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Hockey junkie anyway. Just can't wait for the uh, under 18s to get going in a couple of weeks. Starts what? on July 31st, the uh, Holinka Gretzky. So, yeah. So I get about, I don't know, a month break, maybe, but I don't know. I'm missing hockey already. I guess I'm, that makes me a junkie. Now, the Holinka Gretzky is going to be, is there going to be the uh, same amount of teams there as there usually is? And uh, what do we expect? Yeah, except for no Russia, obviously. They're still, yeah. they're still boycotted. So, but the, the other usual suspects, it, it's always a good tournament. And Canada sends, uh, as you know, they send a better team than they do in, uh, in the spring to the world championships because uh, there's no pl teams playing in the uh, CHL playoffs. So you get to see the best uh, Canadian team. Although I'm a little surprised there's a kid in uh, that I think might be a top 15 prospect for the draft. And he wasn't even picked for Canada's team, which uh kid out of Oshawa, uh, Beckett Seneki, uh 55 points last year, Tony, as a, as an OHL rookie, six, two winger uh like nhl scouts love him and uh he didn't even get picked for the team and i don't know i was asking the scout today if he was injured he said no i don't understand at all why he mm -hmm. didn't get picked but mm -hmm. they aren't even having a camp this year so he couldn't even go to camp and win a spot which is a little odd but as always they'll have a great team and probably will be the uh prohibitive favorites Grant, this wasn't part of the uh, the plan tonight, but I don't think I've had a chance to talk to you about it yet. So correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe we did, and it's just old age kicking in. And I forgot, but <laughs> the Alex Galchenyuk situation, obviously, um, oh, yeah. you know, there's the the reports have surfaced. Uh, the Athletic and Katie Strang got themselves on the police report out of Arizona, where uh, he basically threatened a police officer, among other things. Um, and, uh, Alex spent the night in jail before being released the next day and obviously was uh, released by the Arizona coyotes. And we're going to see what's going to happen now with the NHL players association, who likely is going to try to contest it so that, uh, you know, uh, Alex can probably get paid, but, um, hmm. what, um, what, a what a just, you know, I've qualified it as sad on several occasions on Twitter, and a lot of people have got back to me and saying, Tony, it's not sad because he did it to himself. I still think it's sad, Grant, whether you do it to yourself or whether, you know, it happens to you in another way, shape, or form. Obviously, Alex has been battling demons now for several years. Um, you know, those demons could probably be one, two, three, four different demons. And, um, yeah, you know... If if it's addiction, which, I mean, I think it's safe to say that there is some addiction issues, that it's, um, it is what it is, right? Which is, it's addiction, and you get addicted, and it's stronger than you at times. And, you know, people could be out there on social media saying, I don't feel sorry for him or this or that. Well, I, I, think, I think it's a sad situation because addiction sometimes is too strong for some people. And obviously, that's why there's a bunch of centers to get people help to try and reverse things, to to, to try and detox them. Um, but you know, yeah. sometimes sometimes it works. Sometimes it takes several attempts. Sometimes it's something you battle, or probably is something that you always end up battling for the rest of your life. But 
What a very sad situation, Grant. What a what a very sad situation. No, it's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people I've battled, uh, you know, I've bat- had some issues myself in, in my uh, many years on the planet where uh, maybe drank a little too much and, you know, I shut it down and I didn't drink for five years. Uh, I, I quit altogether for five years uh, about a decade ago. Um, it was, you know, it, it, I was having issues with it. So I can relate to a certain degree. I mean, I didn't do anything like that, but that doesn't, that doesn't make, you know, make it any different. The, the fact is that he, uh, he has some issues with, uh, uh, let's, you know, safe to say alcohol anyways. And, uh, that, um, yeah, I, I felt sorry for him. I, I mean, I don't like, you know, when I, when I heard what some of the things he said, obviously he was, he was out, he must've been right out of it to be, to be saying things like that. But, uh, according to the report, for those who didn't read it, because it is public information now, Grant, I think I can share it, right? It's, it's yeah. obviously been reported on social media, but in the police report, it, it has Alex saying, allegedly saying that, you know, um, you know, threatening the officer and then telling him, you know what, if, if I want one call and you're dead. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I realized early on, I always liked Alex. Um, I, I had a good relationship with Alex and his family who was very present. Um, I had a good relationship with them. I, so I always, yeah, uh, liked them. Um, but I can tell early on there's certain things that I was, that I saw and I, I read into that. I, I can tell that Alex was troubled early on in his career. I, I could tell that, you know, it, it wasn't going to be easy for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, you could even just his body language at times, you know, like uh, he didn't seem to uh, be very receptive to coaching. Like it seemed like whenever you they, they pat over to him on the bench and they show him uh, the coach trying to tell him something and he never, you know, you'd never see him nodding his head and just like what kids usually do, right? I mean, the coach knows better than you, right? But he was coached by his dad a lot. And I think that was part of the problem too, that his dad was too overbearing and, and uh, we've seen it with uh, athletes in other sports too, you know, where, uh, the fathers may be a little too hands-on and uh, I mean, you know, obviously wants the best for him, but doesn't necessarily do the best for him where, where Alex seemed to listen to his dad, who was a, you know, who had coached too. Right. And uh, wouldn't necessarily listen to his NHL coach and that uh, his dad wasn't coaching him. So it, it led to uh, it led to conflict. And, uh, you know, who knows the whole background on why he was always troubled, but, uh, it, I, I saw that too. And it's, uh, and it's, it, it's really a shame because he, um, I mean, he, he scored 30 goals at a pretty young age, right? Yeah. Like he, yeah. What was he like? 21, 22, something like that. Like there was a lot of promise there and, uh, he just kind of regressed from there. And I'm sure it 
addiction issues probably had something to do with it. So he and Max um, Pacioretty, I believe both had a season where they both were tied for 30 goals. If memory serves me well to share the goal lead on the Canadians, I could be wrong, but I'll look it up right now. Not that yeah. it really makes a difference there, but uh, just because we're, we're talking so that we can actually confirm it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Galchenyuk and Pacioretty had 30 goals in the same season, 2015, 2016, Pacioretty and Galchenyuk had 30 goals. Uh, the player who had the next most goals on the Canadians was Brendan Gallagher, who had 19 goals that year in 53 games. Both Galchenyuk and Pacioretty had 30 goals in 82 games. So, yeah. So he was 22. He was 21 years old. He was 21. 21. Yeah, 21, and Pacioretty was 26. And what what's the highest uh, goal total he had after that, Tony? Uh, after the 13, the highest goal total he had was 19. After 30? After, pardon me, after 30. The, he, so he had 17. So, he had 17 and 61 games the following year. Still right. pretty good. And then after yeah. that, he had 19 and 82, 19 and 72. Uh, then he had uh, eight goals in 59 games with Pittsburgh and Minnesota combined. And then he had between Ottawa and Toronto combined. He had five goals, yeah. and then he had a six-goal season for Arizona. And last year with the Colorado Avalanche, in 11 games, he had zero goals, zero assists, zero points, four penalty minutes, and minus eight. Well, how many players in NHL history scored 30 goals at 21 and then never hit 20 again after that? It's uh, not it very all, common. It was all downhill from there. Huh? You can imagine yeah. that... Um, that um, it, it really, you know, after Arizona, starting with uh, Pittsburgh, it was really all downhill from there, man. It was just, it was not good. Um, yeah. It's a shame. You know what? I um, So I'm trying to remember now. It was the Montreal Canadiens golf tournament. And it was on a Monday. And on a Sunday, there was an event. I don't remember where this is going back many, many years. I don't remember where, but there was an event and Galchenyuk was supposed to be there uh, because he was supposed to show up, shake hands and sign some autographs. And Galchenyuk wasn't there. And on the Monday morning, or maybe it was a Tuesday and now it's the Monday and the Monday, the day before, Anyway, long story short, sports radio shows were talking about him. TV shows were talking about him. It was in the papers. Uh, it was on social media. It was on Twitter. He was a subject of a lot of criticism because he was MIA on that Sunday. He hadn't showed up. And um, a member of the Canadians personnel, let's put it that way, comes up to me and says to me, Tony, by the way, you might want to ask Alex why he was MIA on the Sunday, which was like yesterday or two days before, because there's a very good explanation for that. And, um, and I said, oh, yeah? And, and that person said, yeah, because, you know, Alex had to go to the dentist and he had a root canal or something or he was his mouth was swollen and that's why he couldn't, he couldn't talk and he was bleeding and stuff like that. And I said, okay. And Alex really didn't like 
that that person came over and tried to explain to me what happened. And he just put his head down and he was repeating everything that person had told me in a very an annoyed tone, like it bothered him. He really wasn't having a good day. Uh, he probably didn't think that he had to justify his absence from wherever he was supposed to be on the Sunday. And he was just extremely disturbed by it. And in all my years of, of having the privilege to cover um, sports and cover these tremendous athletes, um, I had never really talked to somebody who was felt that upset, that annoyed, that frustrated. And he was just, he was rattled by it. And uh, it, it's part of the job, right? I mean, it's, they're actually, we're looking out for his best interest, but he was, he was just very annoyed. And um, do you think the story was made up and that's why he was annoyed? No, 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 no. I don't think the story was made oh, up okay. at all. It's just uh, Alex didn't like the fact that he had huh. to justify it. He doesn't like the fact that, you know, I wow. don't know. He was just, he was very rattled. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so listen, we wish him all the best. Eh? We, uh, things are, you know. Uh, yeah. life's, life's more important than hockey, obviously. And we just wish that Alex can find peace wow. within himself. And what he's like 30 years old, like he's yeah. got, you know, a third of his life, hopefully, uh, uh, two thirds of his life left. So, yeah, you know, get, uh, get her, get, get it on the right path there. Cause there's yeah. a lot of pathway left. There's a lot yeah. of roadway left, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, there's, there's two things that I do want to talk to you about. Um, one is the Canadians lines. And the reason why I bring them up and I know I'm bringing them up in the middle of July is because of an exercise that you did regarding Alex Newhook. And, uh, so start with that, start with the exercise that you did on Alex Newhook. And okay. then once we talk about that exercise, then I think we'll have a better idea of where you see Newhook in the lineup. And maybe once I know where you see Newhook in the lineup, then maybe all the other pieces can fall into place here. So, what okay. did you what did you do with uh, with Newhook? You did a scouting uh, exercise. Is that it? You were yeah. Uh, well, I I went back and looked at his uh, last game with the Avalanche, which was Game Seven against Seattle. You know, pretty pretty important game, right? Yeah. And uh, I looked uh, first of all. I got on Instat and looked at uh, his time on ice in that series. Um, Grant, I know what it is because they use it in different sports. I'm sorry to have cut you off, but maybe for the benefit of everyone watching, you want to explain what Instat is exactly? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess yeah. you use it for soccer, right? Yes, I do. It's uh, it's a, it's for it's scouts. Great... And, yeah, go ahead. It, well, I mean, it's got uh, stats and uh, video of every shift, you know, uh, of every player, uh, both pro junior college everything so you want to look at a prospect you want to look at an nhl player you just go on instat and uh you, you know it, you can you can look at their every shift that they as soon as they get on the ice and uh and and i mean detailed detailed uh, stats as well so i was i was uh you know i have a subscription to it so i yeah um, how much does I'm it gonna, cost for hockey because i'll tell you what it costs for soccer well, it could cost cheap. it could cost about uh anywhere between uh twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred euros for the year. Yeah. 
No, well, it, it varies. Uh, um, I did a bit of a contra deal with them where I, they're advertising on my site. Very so smart. So they didn't charge me as much as, uh, very smart. They, they would a hockey team per se, you know, you, my friend are not only good looking, you're also a very, very smart man. <laughs> well, I wasn't, I wouldn't have it unless I, I worked out some kind of deal. Cause it is, it is a little pricey, but there's, there's another service in soccer too. I don't know if it exists in hockey, but in soccer, there's also my scout. So okay. there's my scout and there's instat. And like you said, for instat for my scout and instat though, uh, it doesn't cover all the junior leagues. Like you have to be playing in an academy environment. Okay. So, for example, if you're playing for um, um, the reserve team of an MLS team in an academy, in an MLS Next Pro League, you have access to that, and uh, you'll have access to all players playing either on professional teams or professional academies, recognized academies, so you'll have that. And once again, you can watch games in their entirety, you can break it up, and you can follow even one player every touch that they get on the ball, and in this case, for hockey, the puck, you'll be able to watch every single shift. Right. Yeah. Well, I uh, I had a look, and this first six games of, of the uh, series, he averaged eight minutes a game, wow. which was uh, basically fourth line time. You know, he was with Maligan, De- Dennis Maligan and uh, Ben Myers, who I hadn't even really heard of before, <laughs> you know. Uh, Speaking of Galchenyuk before, that's when Claude Julian put him on the fourth line. That's yeah, when yeah. you know the coach right. just lost confidence in you, right? Well, that's it. yeah, that's it. And uh, I mean, he's you know, like twenty-two and a second-year player, so the coaches tend to go with the vets, right, at playoff time, and that, that's understandable. But um, then I noticed in in the uh, seventh game, he played fourteen minutes. So I decided, okay, well, I'll have a look at that game. That's interesting. It was the most important game of the series, obviously, game seven. It was the most he played. So I I went through all of his shifts, and I I broke them down and put them up in an article. Uh, And I put in, you know, notes. I highlight him when he's done something, and then at the end of it, I I say a little spiel on it. And Mm -hmm. uh, he was – probably Colorado's most dangerous forward in the first period of the game seven. Um, Seattle scored twice in the second period to go up two nothing and held on and won two one. It was in Colorado, but in that first period, if Colorado could have scored the first goal at home, you know, got the crowd into it, they probably would have won. And nobody had better chances than Newhook in that period. He was, uh, he was quite dangerous. And um, he, you know, you know, his speed is going to really help the Canadians. He's very good at um, circling back and have, being in the open option for the defenseman, which mm-hmm. I think is, is such an important part. Canadians, for a lot of years, they didn't support their defensemen that yeah. well. Newhook's very good at that. He also is, uh, uses his speed to come get back, I noticed, and uh, retrieve pucks even before his defenseman. So it gives them a break too from getting, uh, you know, all those hits that you take on the forecheck, getting back and retrieving pucks and getting them out. He helps out on that as well. So I think Montreal's, especially the young defense core, is yeah. going to really welcome uh, having uh, Alex in the lineup because he uh, he really supports the defenseman well. 
A shout out to Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Tarbon. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at Murphy Clinic. A uh, special hello to the lovely Pamela from Murphy Clinic. All right, Grant, um, you talk about his speed, and I'm wondering because, of course, we know that an entry plan uh, for most teams in the National Hockey League anyway on the power play is always have a, let's say, a, usually a forward hang back and uh, they drop it back to the forward who will gain, you know, the go through the neutral zone with some speed and gain entry into the offensive zone. And at that point, they usually stop, pivot, turn around, set up uh, and set up the power play. I'm wondering if Newhook could be that guy. Uh, we know that uh, Scott Gomez back in the day once used to pick up the puck behind the Canadians <laughs> that he used to take off, right? But uh, can Newhook be that guy uh, on the power play, Scott? Who uh, uh, Scott? Can Newhook be that guy, Grant, pardon me, I don't know where Scott came from, who carries the puck? Yeah, you're no, looking at here, Scott. No. No. Can New- it was Scott Gomez, right? So that's where this <laughs> Okay, okay. But can Newhook be that guy uh, to carry the puck into the offensive zone on the power play? That's a good... Uh... That's a good observation, Tony. Yeah, I think I think he can be. I think Drewan was uh, sort of, uh, you know, to a certain extent yeah. before, right? And uh, he can replace uh, Drewan in that regard. I I do believe. Yeah, he certainly got the speed. I also think he's really good at. Uh, he uses that speed to get open, and also he might also be the guy that. You know, in, instead of it being so predictable that you always send it back, which kind of drives me a little crazy, to be honest with you. I don't think you need to do that all the time because then it becomes too predictable. Uh, he, he can be a guy that you can maybe get breaking into the zone as well. Instead of so when you, you know, the defenseman's bringing it up into the neutral, the start of the neutral zone, and he can hit new hook on the fly. Uh, and as opposed to always, you know, him maybe circling back and being the guy that carries it up because he's got that, uh, breakaway speed. And, um, in, in that, uh, first period of that game, he got a breakaway, partial breakaway u- using that speed where mm-hmm. he, he, he got, uh, you know, like Cornway used to get, that'd be before, a little before your time, Tony. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Cornway used to, you know, he, he'd, uh, he'd get the puck at the, opponent's blue line and just blow past and it reminded me a bit of cornway what cornway used to do with that with all right speed. okay so you're right it was before my time but i'll talk to you about during my time now and please <laughs> don't put this up on message boards because i'm not comparing the great Ivan cornway to our very own paul byron but paul byron got himself a couple of breakaways over the past couple of years when he was healthy because of his speed Coaches usually like to distribute ice time and not give their players both special teams so that they don't wear down, right? If you're on the power play, you're not on the penalty kill. Now, Connor McDavid can play both. I get it. But my question to you is, if Newhook were to play one, and we know he's got a lot of speed, do you see him more on the power play and being that guy to carry the puck in the offensive zone? Or do you see him more a la Paul Byron on the penalty kill and he could be the guy that you spring free for a couple of breakaways with his speed. Yeah. Well, I think he could become a penalty killer. Um, certainly, uh, Montreal didn't have great penalty killing, if I recall correctly, last yeah. year. 
uh, they missed Byron, right? Not being in a lineup. Yeah. Is is he is he retired or like what's going on with him? Is he he's not signed, right? His contract's up. Uh, yeah, I'd have Byron. to look into it. Yes, I believe so. And um, uh, I know. know it was interesting at draft time and stuff. Like he was, he's still around the team. You know, to have him talking. Uh, like I'm just curious what. Like he hasn't announced his retirement. His contract's expired. I do believe. He hasn't signed anywhere else. They haven't said whether he's healthy or not. I just, I'm curious whether he's, you know, is he going to even like, is he going to be at Montreal's camp or another yeah. camp or is he retiring or he was, or, he was in the final year of a four year deal. Yeah. which He had signed at $3.4 million. Right. Uh, obviously expired at the end of uh, June here. Um, most yeah. people seem to believe that Paul Byron's injuries have got the better of him, seeing as we've seen him behind the scenes and with the management team and in the locker room. I mean, don't be surprised if this guy ends up working for the Montreal Canadiens yes. in some capacity, right? I mean, it 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 it, it looks that way, Grant. Look, yeah. Grant, we're we're you know, I've, I I told everyone that we were gonna go 12 months, but we were gonna have shortened editions of the sick podcast starting month of July and month of August, and it's been pretty good, but I think Starting tonight here, we're probably going to go with give or take 30-minute shows. That could change, by the way. But let me ask you this. So now that you saw Newhook and now that you saw what he does best, you talked about Canadians' lines. Where do we slot him in? And once we slot him in or you slot him in, we'll have a much better idea of where to put everyone else, right? Well, I, I think it it could be anywhere from the first line to the third line. That's the, um Wow. So you want to give me different scenarios then? Uh, will, well, we, will, will we will we put Nick Suzuki as first line centerman? Well, Caulfield and Suzuki, right? Okay, but All right. I think it's it could be it four different possibilities on the other side. I think okay. Doc, obviously. Okay, so let's put Caulfield, Suzuki, Doc. Let's put that as one option. Okay. Well, I mean, it could be Newhook. It could be Slavkowski. It could be. Uh, could be Newhook. Um, could be Slav, could be Anderson, and it could one be of those four. I think will be okay be on the wing on the other side. All right, who would be the number two centerman if Doc was playing right wing on the first line? Uh, I imagine it'd be Monahan. Monahan would be number two. It At might be point. new. It might be new hook. It could be new hook, but Monahan's a lot like Monahan's a fifty-five percent face-off guy i believe most of the time Bull new hooks new hooks still 40 so i think we, you gotta have him with a with a center who can take important face-offs at the very least um and then it's either slavkowski or anderson either slav or anderson right okay. and um and uh so if it's Monahan or Newhook at that point, let's just say it's Monahan. Would Newhook be your third line centerman, or would you put him on the wing and put uh, Christian Dvorak as your third line centerman? Well, Dvorak's going to miss the start of the season. True. Um, so perhaps, uh, you know, um, Monahan or Doc or Newhook's a third line center. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, to Newhook, start. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's, so there's several options there. And I, 
another interesting thing, why I think maybe Newhook starts as the third line center is because yeah. Slavkowski and, uh, and Anderson, I thought the one guy that Slav got some chemistry with last year was Anderson. Yeah. And I could see them being together with Monaghan on the second line. Slav never got to play with Monaghan. He was never on his line, and then Monaghan got hurt, and then Slavkowski got hurt. So, I'd like—I wouldn't mind seeing Slavkowski, Monaghan, and Anderson together. I also think both Slav and Anderson play more of a straight line game, so they could probably read off each other a little bit yeah. better. I think they could be more in sync with each other, right? Right, right. And uh, but Jake Evans to center of the fourth. Um. Uh, or I think Leas Anderson's going to get a really long Leas look. Leas Anderson, okay. I do. Uh, Evans is going to be in tough with, uh, I mean, he's he, he likely makes the team to start because Dvorak's out. Yeah. You want to have that extra center anyways. Yeah. But he might be spare, and it might be Anderson. I think they'll give Anderson a really long look, and that, that'll be an interesting battle between those guys. If Anderson looks good and and you know impresses, he could even be the third line center. Yeah, no, and Beck. No, I, I, I think maybe he needs another year. Yeah, there's no rush on him. I know he had you know he had that great training yeah. camp last year, mm-hmm. but he didn't honestly. I didn't think that he followed that up with a great junior season. Yeah, like he was a barely a, over a point a game player. Yeah. I think he's got a, you know, you want him to get, you want him to have a dominant junior yeah. season. And the other wingers, of course, are Hoffman and Gallagher and Armia. And how about Yessi and Pizzetta? And how about Yessi Lonen? Well, don't forget RHP. And, and Raphael Arvey Pinard, obviously. Yes. And there's uh, also, I guess, there's I also guess, Pitlick. I, I guess we're saying there's too many forwards on this team right now. <laughs> well, Is that what we're saying? Well, I guess that's why I'm saying that I don't think Hoffman's got a spot in the top nine. But I hear, I I mean, hear you, bud. You know, it, it there's there's some really I think there's some decent depth there, and that's without Dvorak even starting the season. So, uh, yeah, I I hope they can get rid of a couple of you know Hoffman or Armia or both. But I realize that that's a that's a big ask at this Grant, point. You know what we did tonight. We got a lot of people on YouTube Live and Facebook Live and Twitter Live now talking, commenting, debating, and we've opened up a huge debate, and I bet you all these clips are going to be on social media tomorrow, and everyone's going to be talking about, yeah, you know what, come to think of it, he can play this line, that line, this line, that line, this guy could be here, this guy could be there, so you know what, (laughs) our job is done for tonight, so (laughs) awesome stuff, I have to say, though, like, what I I really liked about Marty St. Louis last year, too, was he mixed the lines up all during camp and with the previous uh, coaching staff, well, Claude, Claude uh, in particular, he, he had lines decided before camp even started and they'd stay together throughout camp. There was no changes. It was decided before they ever dropped the puck. And uh, I think Marty rewards merit a lot more. Uh, who's the best in camp? He's going to try different guys. He's not just going to say, "Okay, it's it's Doc on that wing, and we're not going to we're going to keep those three together, and we're not going to try anything else." I think uh, the guys that play the best in camp will get 
the top six top six opportunity and uh wasn't always the case before and i think that that's such a breath of fresh air and something to look forward to and it also makes our job uh more intriguing because then you can't you know you don't know what the lines are going to be uh at the start of the year and, and we didn't even get to discussion. the defense yet grant but you know what it's going to be that's another right. topic for another day and that's why Perfect. i'm saving it so we can get you on again Okay. Tag of recruits and recruits.ca. Thanks, man. We'll talk Thanks to you so. soon. Yeah. All right. There you have it. A couple of shout outs I want to give. One is to Charlie Cabrera and Sam Chan over at Optimal Stretch Clinic. Uh, and uh, they specialize in fascial stretch therapy, acupuncture, cupping, uh, a deep tissue sports massage that I had the other day, courtesy of Sasha. They're at 4710 St. Ambroise. I absolutely love that place. I want to bring up a picture of a soccer team, a U16 girls team. With AS Laval, do we, uh, we don't, well, we don't have the picture. Darn. Okay. Well, I thought I had the picture, but I don't. But Robert Zariello is a Facebook friend of mine, and he informed me that the U16 uh, girls AS Laval team is going to be playing in the Gothia Cup in Sweden. And tonight was actually the opening ceremonies in front of tens of thousands of people. And uh, they were selected, of course, um, to represent. Uh, our city, our province, maybe even our country. And so wishing them all the best. I'm sure that's going to be an experience of a lifetime. Uh, I want to talk to you about my buddy Freeway Frank of the Real Drive-By Podcast, and I want to let you know that I sat down with him for two hours, and uh, that podcast releases at midnight, and you'll have a chance to listen to it, and you'll have a chance to watch it. And so on that note, I want to thank you all for watching the Sick Podcast. I'm Tony Marinero. If you liked it, like it, share it with your friends, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. And if you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. For Shane Gamal and Master Control, we'll talk to you again tomorrow night. I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. LaBee.tv. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.